Hi, I'm Laura Brady, CEO of Concierge Auctions. And hi, I'm Chad Roffers, Chairman of Concierge Auctions. And this is Block Talk. I am Laura Brady, and I have three amazing guests with me today. Thank you for joining us, um, Matt, Paul, Frank, and everybody else who is on the line today. Uh, this webinar is also being recorded. It's going to be offered on iTunes and Spotify, so we also may have some people listening to this that are after the live broadcast. I'm really excited um, to have these three gentlemen and friends and colleagues with me today. We've been through a lot together, the four of us through the years, and we're at this point all located in different locations across the US. So that's fun too, for us all to be able to, to come together here. Tell us a little bit about you and also um, tell us one story that you remember from the history of us working together. Maybe one of the first things that you remember from working with concierge or one of the funniest or most drama filled or something. Well, thanks for having me. Thanks, Matt and Paul, for making the time. I'm a big fan of you guys just because um, over the years when I just couldn't perform, like I've done all the marketing put everything out there, all the tricks, all the ads, everything is out and can't get anywhere. I invite you guys in and you get the job done. Clients happy, uh, success stories. Um, and who doesn't want to have that in their, in their circle? My history started with you guys when I guess I didn't know that I was walking into a listing appointment and chat pulled up at the same time. And we both go in and he goes, what are you doing here? And I said, what are you doing here? And we went in and um, I just liked his style. I liked what he had to say and share the benefits that the company brings. And that kicked off uh, many transactions and success stories. And it was always, you guys always had that whole demeanor to keep the brokers in business, both, both on a list and the buy side. For me, that was like, this is a partner I want to have. You were in business to keep us in business and never try to, you know, shortchange anyone. The ethics was there, the integrity, the power, um, all, all the PR stuff you guys did was just just over the top. So uh, I thought this is a great partnership. And here we are. Fast forward. Uh, you guys grew the company internationally. I can't believe it. I'm proud of you. Um, I wish I could, I always say, I wish I could uh, contribute more to it. Uh, and when people call me, I, you know, if it's for the right person, if they want to expedite, if they want to uh, build um, competitive bidding, it's it's the best tool, uh, no matter what the market is. I mean, market like this, when there's inventories led and people are already fighting, it's even better because then for the seller, everybody wins. For the buyer, if they really want it, you know, there's there's that opportunity. Yeah. So in a nutshell, that's that's uh, where I am. But I often ask myself, why do you guys take more assignments in some other markets more than mine? Because in my market, and Paul knows, because he's from here, he's been, he was in a car business for a long time. You know, the auction business with the cars is like huge in this town with the Barrett Jackson and RM auction and all those other ones that are in town. Like we should be doing like 10 times more in business, but we're going to figure that one out one day. So maybe Paul can help us. 
We will indeed. So, yeah, for those listening who don't yet know Frank, Frank kind of gave a hint as to his location. He's in Scottsdale, Arizona, and is an extremely accomplished uh, real estate professional there in Scottsdale. And it's been a pleasure working with Frank for years and years. Um, Chad, who Frank mentioned, is my business partner and the chairman of our company. Um, I actually didn't introduce myself. I'm Laura Brady. I'm the CEO of Concierge Auctions. And so all three of our attendees today are on our agent advisory board. And they are three of the most, you know, sought after and knowledgeable professionals in the real estate industry in the U.S. So we're going to have a really good and candid and thoughtful discussion today. Um, I'll close out, Frank, your intro. I'm going to talk about superpowers. So what I think is Frank's superpower is his enthusiasm. He is always a pleasure to be around and kind of brings up the energy and the excitement in the room. And it's always coming with new, fresh ideas for marketing and thinking about how to re-envision things. And so that when I think of Frank, that's what I think about his smile and his enthusiasm. So thanks for being with us, Frank. Let's toss it over you know to who you. Inspires me. You know who inspires me is you guys, especially Matt, which I remember just attending his events in Hawaii, walking away and like, okay, I learned so much. Which one am I going to apply first? You know, and, and I share the books to, to, to my colleagues that kind of like were in dark. Like, okay, I don't know if I'm doing, I'm doing the right thing. Like, just go on their website. Just go listen to some of the videos they have out there. So thanks to you guys for inspiring us, you know. So, and, and Matt, uh, I never forget it. It was, I, uh, I can't wait till we go back to those days again. <laughs> well, Matt, Matt said before the call that he's like, what did you say? You're saving all of us who can't be in Hawaii by not showing us the backdrop of Hawaii. <laughs> right. Right, what he is sitting on the other side is amazing Hawaiian environment that he's had the pleasure of being in without moving around much in the pandemic. So that's pretty cool. Um, tell us about yourself, Matt. Oh, wow. It's a love fest. Um, so, yeah, I'm CEO and principal broker of Hawaii Life. We serve the whole state of Hawaii. We started the company in 2008, and it's been a bit of a rocket ship ride since then. We are today the leading firm in in Hawaii. Uh, you know, this is the first year we could lay claim to that, and who knows how the year will shake out. But we're pretty far ahead in terms of volume and unit sales, so that's incredible. I think a lot of that's sort of COVID related, but it's never. This might sound as surprising to people, but it's not necessarily something that we sort of sought out to do. We're not. We don't need to be number anything. You know, we're just putting our head down and, and doing the work. My story about my first interaction with concierge is a little vulnerable. Uh, I think like maybe many real estate salespeople, I suffered from a little bit of insularity and provincialism. And I was a little bit like, who are, the, who are these people? You know, they're coming in my market and blah, blah, blah. And the, the listing that I was first being called about was a listing that I had pitched and didn't get. And so I was already bitter, you know, and I'm already like, eh, well, so they, they couldn't get the job done because they didn't hire me. And then now you've got these interlopers coming in and, you know, it was like, who are these people? I forget who the project manager was at the time, but, you know, I was in like full haze mode, just hammering. I'm like, I don't think, I don't think it was Nick because Nick, 
I, I tell him this story and we kind of reminisce about it. And it was like the, a pivotal moment in my thinking. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I was just in full haze mode and I'm like, what are you guys going to do different? And this is a ruse and you know, you're, you're just stepping in and you know, blah, blah, blah. And I forget, you know, the diatribe and rant that I was in the middle of, but the project manager said a really interesting thing to me that kind of lit the light bulb, which is a classic sort of sales back question. He said, look, if you were in this situation and you had this property and you had a life-changing event, you know, whatever it may be, you had put your kid through school or you had some medical, whatever it was, something that you needed to fund. And you had this property on the market and you're in a market in which in all likelihood, because of the luxury space, the, the prospect, you know, the buyer for that asset doesn't live in the market. They're coming from afar. And so you're in this kind of seasonality and you're waiting for someone to go off of a plane and you're trying to pitch them from afar and, you know, create a little bit of intensity and, you know, a, a drum. What would you do? How would you handle it? And it, and it really kind of froze me up. Like I, I was like, hmm, you know, interesting. So then, you know, I'm still a little bit, you know, skeptical and resigned and cynical and whatever else. Go to the auction, watch how it's conducted. I think there were nine bidders. This was like 2009, right? So the market's not great. I mean, it was, it was, we're having a, everyone's having a hard time. A lot of people still bringing money to the table to sell. Pretty much retail trade value. I mean, not, not a fire sale. Like, okay, wow, the deal. At the end of it, and this is a, a mistake on whoever the project manager was, so you know, bear with me it's early. The sheet of bidders and like kind of their notes, someone had left it behind. And I and I remember grabbing it and looking at it and reading all the prospects and the notes. And I, and I just had this realization of like, oh wow, this is legit. Like these people, they they literally went and got these nine prospects who are not shills they're not fake they're, these are like real people that were missed right that were missed by the normal the normal process or or at least not brought to the table and so that started what i think has been a pretty incredible run in which i have completely lost count of how many sides of business we have done with concierge since then i mean i think it may be into the 40s yeah over 40 transactions but i don't know about sides i mean there's yeah. even and a lot I think the other thing that's I'm really quick to point out is that there's no problem hanging out under the rim of an auction, right? Meaning you ring the bell and you get all these people interested. And if there's, if there's eight or nine people in the field and you know, only one of them gets it, well, that's a lot of people that were really personally invested in a, in a purchase in Hawaii or wherever they were. So it's like, let's go look at property. So there's a lot of business that happens adjacent to the auction. That's always beneficial. And so I, you know, I always say you guys are the sprinters and we're the, we're the marathon runners. You know, we're, we're brought in to run a long-term campaign and to, you know, keep our resources in play over extended periods of time and, and cater to that seasonality of the market. And of course, you know, COVID, there's a lot of changes in that, but the work the concierge does is, is largely, you know, collapsing that entire marathon into a six to eight week sprint. And it's a very, very powerful tool that really can impact the whole time equation for people that that need that that want that that want to just you know move on and i think the whole you know that was 2009 of course there's like 
so it's all this drama in the real estate market and, and there's there's just still kind of fire sale stigma with with the word auction and i think that's just now totally gone largely because of your work um so much so that like we have we have there's no shortage of clients that are just like should we just go straight to auction or how does it work and it's like if they don't they're, they're not even asking that question of like does it mean some kind of stigma you know it's, it's really really powerful what you've accomplished Thank you. Yeah, we get that very rarely these days, the stigma, but in the early right. days, definitely people were concerned, like, what are my neighbors going to think about me if I'm on? <laughs> right. you will know, yeah. probably be jealous. Right, exactly, <laughs> because you're going to sell before they do, most likely. Um, that's awesome. Well, yes, Matt, I mean, we go way, way back and we have worked through a lot together. And what I would say is your superpower from my perspective is your balance. And you said this before we jumped on the webinar too. Matt's able to like maintain somehow like this sense of calm and balance, even though he's running the largest brokerage in Hawaii and is on the board of the Hawaiian Islands Land Trust and, you know, does a ton every day and finds time to surf and maintains balance. I love that. Whenever I'm able to go to Hawaii and visit Matt or go to your conferences or, you know, it leaves you leave with, you know, a real sense of purpose, not just about your business, but about yourself and the world. And that's super cool. It's very Hawaii. Thanks, Laura. (laughs) You're welcome. Okay, so Paul Benson, let's talk about you, Paul. Uh, thanks for the invite. Uh, always love seeing uh, you three. You know, we've uh, definitely had our moments and fun together. Um, so I'm based in Park City, and I'm with uh, Engel and Volkers, and we, uh, I'm the CEO of a group, and we have uh, offices in six states in the West, and about 700 agents right now. Uh, but I still love selling homes in Park City, where I've had uh, uh, quite a few auctions with you guys. And uh, you know, I was trying to think of what has been what I would remember from one of the first. Uh, you know, it wasn't the very first, but I think the first real amazing. Um, uh, our first auction was actually fairly boring because you guys did everything you said you were going to do and, and won me over. So that's great. But I think where I really had the most fun was watching you and Chad in action together, Laura, when I think we were at the Plaza Hotel and meeting a client that had the penthouse in the Plaza Hotel and and uh, just watching the balance, speaking of balance, between you and Chad. And uh, for those of you that haven't worked with Chad that are listening today, you know, Chad is, uh, um, he, he's a very, um, you know, just direct speaker that... Uh, uh, won me over with the fact that this is not a black and white process. This is uh, just another arrow in your quiver was, uh, as he explained it at the time, an alternative source of marketing and exposing your property, which I've come to believe is like really your superpower is, is uh, with your client list and reach and so forth. Um, but watching Laura with Chad and and because they're, they're, you both have such a different approach um, you know, I, I, I sat there in awe thinking, here we are in front of a Fortune 500 CEO that's pretty powerful himself, um, you know, definitely a billionaire. And and you guys were impressing him. You know, you just, um, you, you really are real, you know, and you understand the real estate business. You understand what we do rather than, than just approaching it like, oh, wow, they couldn't sell. So, you know, they need us. You know, I... 
I never feel from, from, from you guys that, that you come across like people need you. You come across like, Hey, there's a lot of options out there. Let us see if we can help you. Let us see if what we offer is, is going to be a, a service for you. And, and over the years of that approach, you have built this amazing, amazing book of, of business and your reach is just, I mean, uh, phenomenal. I keep reading all these uh, sales overseas in Spain and, 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 and Italy and so forth. And I'm not shocked at all. You know, you really do have that reach, but you really do make it easy for a client to understand that, um, you know, over these six to eight weeks, we are just going to expose you in a different way than the agents have been able to do. And, and combining with what the agent does so that we're not lost in the shuffle, um, we're going to make a team and we're going to get this property sold. And I've always felt like we're a team. Maybe never more so in that moment because I got to see you guys in action at the highest of levels. But uh, you definitely make us all feel like a team, and 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 it's fun. That's great. Yeah, I remember that meeting really well. Chad and I have worked together for almost twenty years now, so we definitely can like toss the ball to each other during a conversation like that. And super fun meeting with clients and. Yeah, thank you for everything that you said. Like like Matt said earlier, this is really a love fest. I didn't tee y'all up to talk about how great concierge is. <laughs> I I teed up, you know, a story, but you know, that's what it's kind of turned into because we've just had a lot of fun finding success together through the years. So super cool. Um, you know, okay, Paul. Yes. Well, I was gonna say if you ever want to raise a lot of money for like a charitable cause, uh, hosting a celebrity roast of Chad Roffers would be a lot of fun. <laughs> well, and poor guy doesn't get to be, I guess poor guy get to be on this webinar. Um, he is in a flight right now. Otherwise, he would have been. But, yeah, that's a good idea, Matt. I'll fill him in on that one. <laughs> um, all right, Paul. I think that your superpower is networking is one thing that, that comes to mind to me. Like, But your relationships, really. I mean, it's rare that I meet someone that, doesn't know Paul Benson, who's in the industry, or that Paul doesn't know, you know, going both ways. It, you're kind of here, there, and everywhere. Maybe it's teleportation. Maybe that's it. It seems <laughs> like you're like always where the movers and shakers are. So that's pretty cool, at least where the deals are getting done. Um, but I mean, Paul is just such a sincere person. I love that about you too. And it's just really great to, to know you. So thank you. Thank you. Okay, with all that being said, Let's move into the content of the presentation and hopefully everybody who's on the line um, will get a lot of takeaways from our discussion today. We do also have the ability for you, if you're listening live, to submit questions to us. You can use your GoToWebinar bar and write in messages there. Um, and we have our team on the back end who is also going to be feeding me those questions. So we'll try to either answer those as we go or get to them at the end if we're not able to to answer them as we go along. I'll just say a little bit about us, which I don't know if there's much that hasn't been said here, but um, yes, if you don't know Concierge Auctions, we are a luxury real estate auction firm. We work alongside the real estate brokerage network. So we've never sold a property without having a listing agent involved and also offering a commission to the buyer's broker. We really do see ourselves as an additional tool to the real estate community. We're not a replacement, we're just an added mechanism to expand your reach for particularly for properties where the buyer pool is small and or the client wants to monetize the property. 
on their time frame, as opposed to, to waiting around for the right buyer to come. Um, so this is just some information about our reach. We've been in 30 countries and 41 U.S. states thus far. Our database, as a result, is one of our key differentiators. And at this point, we have 50% of our bidders for any given auction on average are coming right out of our database. So talking about how to not only aggregate the local competition, um, the local market, but also bringing buyers who are existing in our database and looking for great properties. Um, so I've already touched on this and let's get to it. So a, we have a couple questions that we've teed up that we want to get uh, answered by these wise minds here. And one is what has been your most exciting achievement this year? In fact, I mean, Matt, maybe you could just talk about your market. Tell us about the Mario Brother analogy. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Earlier, I was saying that I feel like we're we ate the gold star or the mushroom in Mario Kart, and you know we got big, and now we can go knock all this stuff down. And but it, you know, you're always trying to do everything before you shrink back to little Mario. And I and I keep wondering, like, when when are we going to shrink back to little Mario? So far, uh, that hasn't yet happened. I mean, we we have we today. I think actually, maybe ironically we will pass our aggregate sales volume of our best year ever. And it's, you know, July 23rd. So we've got many months ahead of us. And so we've just been, you know, full speed. And it's not, it's not uh, just the luxury market. I mean, I think we, we were particularly um, dominant really in, in those spaces, you know, the, the high end market, uh, and as you go up in, in price, our market share across the state goes way, way up. And so that's certainly, you know, it's it's been a little distracting and the, the kind of the long tail of the high end has gotten a lot fatter, um, but the whole market has gone up and, and we literally do like we've, we do transactions even this year from $4,000 up to in the $40 million range. And so, um, and and everything in between, and so it's it's not just the luxury space, but everything has been happening, and it's you know it's, it's been um, it's been a lot to keep up with, and and a and a, a lot of business logistics and an extraordinary effort um, by all of our teams, and in many ways, like a lot of businesses, we were kind of rebuilding on the fly um, because I don't think any of us saw this coming. You know, certainly not in March or April of 2020. Um, and then it, by July, it was just like shot out of a cannon and we were going, you know, as fast as we've ever been. And that really hasn't let up. So we're, you know, we're, we're doing, I think a great job of dealing with an extraordinary amount of volume and, um, you know, market intensity and wondering when and if there'll be some sort of contraction and what that might look like. And, you know, I think that's, probably on a lot of different real estate professionals minds right now. And many of us are just doing everything we can to handle the volume that we're, you know, that we're doing. Um, I'm constantly preaching to our team, you know, don't, don't let the kind of tyranny of the urgent um, compromise the, the long-term systems that you might have in place. You know, like you can't, you can't stop your prospecting. You can't stop your farming. You can't stop those, those things that may not be immediately gratifying that are a little more evergreen. Um, you know, I think 
when when there's such an intensity of demand and this kind of frenetic energy around lack of inventory, it's very easy to get kind of distracted by like the ten buyers that are that want something and you have to service that. And that's great. It's it's you know not that we shouldn't do that, but we shouldn't do it at the expense of the longer term kind of programmatic stuff that we know works and that will that will feed our business if and when that contraction does happen. So trying to, you know, add some focus and hope that everyone kind of stays in the game mentally and not not get too distracted by like the dopamine hit of a new lead or um, you know, this this kind of the frenetic energy that's in the marketplace, uh, which is easier said than done. Yeah. That, that's a great takeaway. So in other words, keep all the foundational elements of your business going, even if you are so busy, like don't stop right. on the direct if mail. Anything, yeah, double it. down. Yeah. And it's going to help you when things do stabilize or after the fact and uh, the fact that you did not stop when other people perhaps did. Right. That's like even, even something as simple as, you know, forget farming or long-term campaigning just listing marketing, I've noticed a contraction and right, because the mentality is something like, oh, well, the market's so flush, I don't really need to run that ad, which is a horrible irony, because right now, I mean, let's face it, the thing that's going to get you the best lead generation for listings are listings, right? So like, if you're not, if you're not telling the market that you have these listings, they have no way of knowing that you're a listing agent, right? So that's yeah. what I mean when I double down. It's like we should be pouring our efforts into those channels because that's our biggest billboard. And then, yeah, of course, the long-running campaigns and the the normal farming stuff. I mean, that those two things in tangent should be the the perfect combination. But I, you know, I see so much of that kind of distraction, and because the the market is just so intense that yeah. we're all very quick to be like, okay, I can't get to that right now, and it's like, well. Believe me, when that when that little mushroom glow, when you go back to small Mario, you're going to be sitting there like, ooh, you know, pipeline's dry. I got to start over. Or how about if you don't need to spend the money on that ad to sell that property, then double down on just sold advertisements, right? right? Because certainly will help you get more listings too. And if you're if you have the volume heightened that you're you know making more revenue that you can then spend on that right now, that's the way to build your pipeline. For the future too. Love it. Okay, uh, Paul, you mentioned a milestone that you just reached also, a record that you just broke, didn't you? Just like, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, you're probably reading my mind. I didn't, but uh, I, I did at the same time. And I was doing, I was actually running the numbers when Matt was talking uh, earlier before we got on that he had already gotten to he's right now this year at a record year already here in the seventh month, you know, and I'm not quite there yet, but I'm about a month away from that. Uh, but uh, definitely going to be the biggest year ever um, for me, um, company-wise and personally-wise, over over the last 12 months as well. But um, what what I also love watching is uh, we haven't just grown in sales because the market's good. We've grown in just the overall quality and the people that are joining us, the people that are coming into my company right now, they're fun to be around. They're bringing the energy. So not only are we growing in sales, but we're growing just as a, as a family and as a group. And in the middle of all of that, as, as Matt was saying, um, kind of a lot of what I was thinking was very similar is that, um, you know, it's been really hard to find the balance. It's been so 
difficult to not be reactive, which is everything we preach is the habits that you have when business is really good is going to determine if you're ever really slow, you know, like doing those postcards and those ads and all those things. If, if you're doing them now, even though you don't need them, it's going to help you next year or the year after whatever this, this uh, balance occurs. And, um, you know, so it's been really kind of my focus to keep everybody thinking that way, to keep everybody thinking, okay, we can't get sucked into all of this business. We're not as good as we look right now. <laughs> no matter, we're not as rich as we think we are right now. It's all relative. And and I think it's really important to to really get to a place where you're not reactive and you're thinking about that next step and your business planning for that next step, but also finding time for your family and finding time for your health. And, um, you know, and I think we finally got to that point. So I would say my, my achievement that I would be most happy about this year is, is that moment where I could wake up and say, wow, I am able to see my kids and spend time with my wife and think about what's the future and plan for the future. And also make sure that my team, my managers, my agents that I work with and, and, and love to be around, um, that I can see that shift in them as well. And that's the achievement. That's where I feel like, okay, we're going to get through this and have fun doing it. Love that. Awesome. Okay, Frank, what about your most exciting achievement? So I think I'm going to highlight exciting rather than achievement on the, on your question here. Okay. The most exciting one this year was when you send out a package to every one of us and we did happy hours together virtually. And that was so much fun. You were teaching us how to mix it all up. And we toasted. We didn't have to get in the, getting to the car or plane or anything. But yet see one another, feel one another, uh, toast to one another. And, you know, connecting the dots. I mean, biggest exciting other achievements uh, this year was doing the same thing with other people, other agents, brokers, all across the different uh, markets. Uh, we're receiving, you know, uh, and giving leads uh, or referrals all the time now, where before it was, wow, you, you know, you get it every once in a while. Now it's, it's a new norm. Uh, people are sending their clients, their trusted clients over to us, vice versa. So, and no matter what brand, uh, it's the quality of the individual that's going to take care of your client. So, as a matter of fact, I have one for you, Paul. I hope I have one for you, Matt, pretty soon. I know you had one for me not long ago. So, um, that will open up the doors and we keep each other in business. That's the key. And uh, in terms of volume, you know, all markets are pretty good. Uh, I have to say, during the pandemic, I got out there and opened the doors and I typically have 90 or a hundred listings uh, sold and I'm down to 30 listings. And I would say probably 10 of them are lots. So, or 15 of them, half of them are lots. So we're, we're, we're achieving those, those sales as well. The company's doing well. Uh, I think they did 4 billion this year so far, first uh, half of the year. Um, you know, what I did last year, I did the first first quarter of this year. So you could just imagine everyone's doing great. Uh, certain markets a little more and less, and but uh, the inventory is low. And I think the inventory was low because we stopped building for 10 years, 10 years of just no production. 
now, you know, people still came to the region, which is, you know, didn't have the product, new products. So um, price per square foot is healthy now. Uh, people are, there's a margin for builders. Uh, architects are excited to come up with new designs, which is, which is going to be our new inventory down the road. You know, um, I always thought, why am I getting all these stale ones? Why can I get the new stuff? Because nobody was building them. But, uh, but that, that's going to change for the next five years. Um, interior designers are doing marvelous jobs. Uh, we're all in the business to keep them in business. Uh, we uh, brag about their talent and talk about all the new things that they introduce, new ideas, new palettes. Um, it's, it's the style and the trends. So we embrace that. I love that. I'm talking yeah. about how you are benefiting other people. Actually, all three of you brought up other people and your achievements, which is pretty awesome. Um, okay, cool. I mean, no, no doubt real estate is super healthy in all markets. And we were also talking just a little more before we jumped on, uh, on to this call. Um, to Matt's point about we're just all watching really closely, like, how inventory levels are perhaps starting to rise to stabilize things a little bit. And most markets aren't seeing that yet. We're still seeing like really low inventory. Um, so with that said, let's talk about upcoming projects you're working on. I mean, knowing that we are in a super healthy market, what are we focused on other than just running full speed because the market is so strong? Do any of you have specific projects you want to speak about that, are, that you have on the side burner? Or I guess they're maybe not on they're actually sizzling with a sous chef right now. They're not just pushed aside. Matt, you're smiling. You go first. You got oh, a big, big smiling mind. <laughs> there's never there's never any shortage of things that I can't talk about, you know. There's which so there's a lot of stuff that I'd love to, you know, share, but I just for a host of reasons can't. Um I mean this is sort of inside baseball I and mean, we're we're building a you know a big intranet inside of our company which you know at 13 years in there's a lot of sort of disparate stuff right we've got our creative team has a standalone site where the agents order all their collateral and do all their stuff and then there's a you know a wiki over here that's a Q&A and it has its own kind of silo and then over here is a dashboard with like different tech tools and it just gets a little multifaceted and kind of disparate over time and so we're we're in this massive intense effort to put it all into one place we run the whole company on salesforce so all of our all of our leads all of our deals all of our listings internal correspondence everything is already in salesforce so we're we're building out a basically an intranet for lack of a better term with a much better ui and a and a lot you know salesforce is a little kind of widget oriented and it's it's a little clumsy if you're trying to like use it on the day-to-day -day. so we're we're really folding all that stuff into a very kind of conversational, uh, you know, Q and A style, so that even the more you know random questions about like pick a thing, you know, when uh, how do I get paid or whatever, are really all in one place. And as it turns out, that's an extraordinary lift to be doing at the busiest time ever. <laughs> so you know, it's it's taking a lot of effort, but our our team is certainly up for it and. We're, we're growing into it and it'll be one of those things that I think when when we do get to that market contraction if and when it ever happens 
and the focus becomes a little bit more internal and like, well, you know, what have you done for me lately? And that, that kind of thing. I think the company will have a really great product that, that will just lay out the depth and breadth of our systems and sales funnel and, and in a way that is a lot, a lot easier to understand than kind of having all these disparate, disparate like sites and silos and even people that you have to get to to understand the kind of full tool belt that we offer. And so that's, you know, it's a big list. It's happening in the background. It's been going on for a long time. It's, it's arduous because we're all trying to do it while we're just absolutely slammed. But, you know, I think that's a, that's a huge project that we're working on. It's not super sexy, but once we roll it out, I think people will be thrilled with it. I'm, I'm grinning that because we're totally on the same uh, page at Concierge. We, we've been building out portals is what we're calling them for the different parts of our team to be able to see more visibility into the data that we see in Salesforce. So all of our company, you know, everyone, when they log into Salesforce, you can see everything about the properties we're working on, the sales funnels, um, you know, all the information, client information, et cetera. And we rolled out last year, a seller and agent portal so that the agents and sellers can see real time the same information that we're seeing that's specific to their assignment. So you can see, you know, how many showings there were today versus yesterday. You can see which ads were placed, you know, and everything is real time. And so cool. the, the fact that it's fed from Salesforce, so it's not double work for us. We historically had done exposure reports that were very manual. You know, they were created by our marketing team to show sellers and agents the exposure that had occurred on the property. And so this is taking place of that. And it's just a real time feed. Um, yes, it's a heavy lift. There's a lot more that we have to do to our portals, Matt. And it's like, could, you know, be in probably will be an indefinite forever project. Right. Um, but everybody's expecting data real time right now. So right. We them. yeah. Yeah. The transparency to the sales process, I think is, is really everything, you know, there's, we're seeing that, you know, I, I think we're a victim of it too. There's a lot of like, just leave me alone and let me do my work. And it's like, that's not, that doesn't work. You know, like the, these clients aren't going to have that. Like, you can't just be like, I'll call you if I got somebody. <laughs> that's, that's, I think those days are over. Those are a lot of like. What you're doing every day. Yeah. Right. Especially in a strong market like this, right? If they have the question of why haven't I sold, it's going to be you know louder than it is on any given day in the market that's maybe not as healthy even. Mm-hmm. Paul or Frank, anything you want to speak about that you're working on? Paul? Sure. I've sure. I've got a my pro, I've been trying to create kind of specialty sections in our brokerage, uh, like a wine division, uh, a yachting division, which I I, I kind of that's my favorite, but uh, a family office division to really, uh, for example, uh, help our agents. Um, uh, not only connect when they have the uh, kind of a specific listing to to um, wealthy individuals, but also just to understand how to speak the language better, to understand like when you're selling some of these properties, like when Matt mentions a $40 million home, and I know uh, Frank's had his share as well, you know, th these become businesses. You know, there's there's wine collections and staff and and, you know, they're operational. And uh, to really kind of educate our team on what that looks like and means. So we're doing an event uh, next month in Napa and I'm expecting about 300 of our agents to show. So we're going to spend a day really like educating each other on the different areas that maybe we're a little weaker on and 
trying to pair people up the right way. And then of course have a great party that night. So um, that's kind of taken my uh, focus right now as, as projects go, but excited for it. Yeah. 300 people. That's a big event. Enjoy. I think you are. (laughs) That's awesome. Um, Super cool. Frank, what about you? So uh, I've, I've been thinking about investing a little bit of my time into um, workforce living, which uh, we're pushing a lot of the second, third homeowners that are coming in here. Investors have come in. So it's fo- it's forcing a lot of people out of the area or they can't afford. So I'm working with uh, larger developers out of the area to create these modular but fun air, uh, developments that you can actually give back, kind of like the give back programs you guys have. Um, but not just for our region. It could be a test run here that we can run it in el- other areas because without without the staff, how can you run a city and a community? So we run everybody out. They can't afford to live in an area. Then the service dives with it. I've uh, been focusing on how to create these uh, modules quicker, uh, safer, create an environment so it's fun. And I think I think that people will give back once you help them place there, as as they are with you guys. You see that you know some of these kids um, that you helped, uh, you know, put a roof over their head and type of thing. They want to know more about your company. Maybe their kids with the power of internet, they can do IT for you. They can do some of the other stuff. So they give back to the company because you help them. Uh, so I, I think that's a huge uh, you know give back. Uh, that we can all uh, leave a legacy behind um, and be part of. Love and, that, Frank. Love that. Yeah, the, yeah. Well, you know, what do you do? You know, you you, you got to diversify a little bit, and um, and and you know, we come, we may come to a point where we don't achieve uh, what we vision, but other doors open up, and then we can restructure it. And so, <clears throat> through that, we met some amazing people, both uh, like with. The university. Uh, we met with the city city officials. We met with companies, tech companies that actually love this idea um, and they want to participate in it. So a lot of good doors are opening up. I mean, um, it's never a waste of time. So that that's exciting for me. That's a upcoming project that hopefully I'll be alive to see one or two of it, you know, take place. I love that, Frank. I want to yeah. talk to you offline about that. This is the first Absolutely. time I've heard of it. it Absolutely. so good. Yeah. And actually, yeah. maybe I'll, I'm going to go off script a little bit, and um, we don't have a lot more time left. But talking about giving back, that is something that we all incorporate into our businesses here. Um, Matt, you specifically, you and all of Hawaii Life, you're very involved in giving back throughout the islands. Can you talk a little bit about what you do as a company to get people involved? Sure. I mean, I, it's definitely a, uh, you know, it's a voyage, not a harbor, right? I mean, there's a constant um, kind of enrollment process. And, and we, we early on kind of bifurcated our, um, for lack of a better term, our corporate stance or our corporate giving and developed a fund that, is run by the brokers and agents and, you know, we seeded it and then treated it very much like its own 
its own kind of board. And so it, they don't, you know, they have their own committees, their, their own fundraising. Um, and we, we reseed it every now and then. Um, but largely it's, it's very self-contained. And the idea is that, you know, we give a vehicle for everyone's, you know, either their pet projects or their, whatever they're passionate about. And, and to really, um, enroll the kind of broader constituents not just the brokers and agents but our clients our vacation rental guests our you know fans of the show whatever they might be and to to um you know impact the culture really to like cause a culture of giving um and, and i think you know personally i'm i'm passionate about it it being more of an ontological distinction and not like penance you know not like we we we're doing this because we're so successful and we have to you know do blah 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 it's like that that i don't there's, there's a sort of breach of authenticity there i think it's more like you know, i always say like if you're walking down the beach and there's trash on the beach you don't you don't think to yourself like oh i had a really good year so i'm going to pick up this trash it's like that's not quite how it works it's like it, it's got to be a part of who you are and how you operate in your day-to-day life and so we're you know i'm, I'm i want to cause that i mean i locally been involved in land conservation in hawaii for many years and it, it's um, it's among the, you know, any nonprofit work, I'm sure many of you know, is like, it's among the most challenging professional work you can do. And it, and there's a lot of imposter syndrome for me and a lot of learning and a lot of like, you know, <clears throat> maybe I should give the floor to these people that know a lot more about this than I do. And, and, you know, it's a lot of professional development along the way. So I, I have been really um, inspired and, and kind of, sculpted by that and it and it helps you know as best i can steward that our our charitable fund in a way without without being the kind of micromanager i try to be like a de facto member um and let our you know let our team really take the ball and run with it but it's great because it it creates it creates enrollment we have a we have a structure where there's not some kind of overlord that's like oh this is how we're going to handle our giving there's a lot of involvement and as we've been through more acute challenges in Hawaii, like, you know, floods or the volcano, we've really been able to enroll those broader constituents into a lot of giving and use the, the kind of media channels and the relationships that we have to parlay that, that giving mentality. And it's been really precious. I mean, that, that is, it's been very moving and, and awesome to see everyone step up. And so, yeah, I mean, it's definitely it's it's not something I want to you know lay total claim to because I I feel still kind of like a neophyte in that that space, but um, it's sweet to it's sweet to see and it's awesome that we're we're going beyond the just you know our our salespeople and we're enrolling our employees and and people that frankly don't really have a lot of impact I mean, a lot of interaction with us. They're not our clients. Maybe they they were a vacation rental guest or something. Or, or or just other businesses. And so that's been really, really awesome. You've done a really great job of just making it really part of the business to give back and um, enjoy the islands and honor the islands and all of that. Love it. I want to go to Hawaii as soon as possible. <laughs> um, <laughs> always. And Paul, I know you're part of Give Back Homes and we've been doing a lot with Give Back for anyone listening who did not join our last uh, Black Talk episode. I did one with Caroline 
a couple of weeks ago, Carolyn Pinnell, who's one of the founders of Give Back Homes. And if if you're interested, go listen to that webinar too, because we talked a lot about social good and what they're doing over there at Give Back Homes and other ideas of ways to become involved, et cetera. So that was a great one. Um, we do have one question that I'll go to. Um, and in fact, I mean, I can just, I have a Q&A slide, but I think I'm just going to stop sharing my slides here because we can just start answering these questions. Let's see. I think that worked. Um, so we have a question from Stephen that says, I'm considering purchasing a second home. And it's a frothy market. I was thinking of just being patient and waiting for a time when being a cash buyer is more advantageous than today. What's your take on my concern? So I'm unclear, Stephen, as to whether you would be a cash buyer here. One thing that makes me think of is I know a lot of um, people who are buying with mortgages are having a super hard time because they're competing against all the cash buyers and can't even get responses. Um, I'm going to read this once more. I was thinking of just being patient and waiting for a time when being a cash buyer is more advantageous than today. Got it, because you're not in a multiple offer situation or don't have as much competition. Anyone want to speak up about thoughts on that? You know, I'll, I'll take a stab at it. I, I think it is so area specific. You, you know, uh, Frank mentioned it earlier. You know, there we went a uh, there was a large gap without building homes, and and um, there's definitely areas now that are building homes, and and so what goes up must come down. I think we all we all understand that concept. Um, so there would definitely be areas where you can see where the homes are being built, or you can see how maybe a whole bunch of people overreacted and 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 um, thought that was a hot spot to be and might rethink and go back to a city or whatever that is. And that certainly might make it more advantageous here to wait it out a little bit. But there's also pockets that I'm seeing there's not the ability to sell, um, to build. And there are definitely um, uh, a higher level of desirability factors because of the flexibility of the work world now. And because it, I don't believe... Um, the flexibility of the work world is going to go away anytime in the next few years. As Matt said earlier, uh, you know, it's kind of nice to be able to do this rather than get on a plane every day. And that's going to make certain pockets, um, you know, even more desirable as, as all of this shakes out when, when those buyers too are waiting for that moment to bring their cash, but yet there's no more inventory that are, that will be hitting the market. So it's kind of like if you don't do it now, it might cost you more, even even with a with a balancing act. And I'm seeing a lot of those markets that I never would have expected not to readjust. That right now, I, it's hard for me to see that the prices will just suddenly drop one day. You know, um, but uh, I definitely think there are parts of the country that will. So it, it's really specific to your market. I would just say, I mean, I think the location part is is correct, and and you know. Um, it's ironic in many ways that COVID has actually, you know, despite all of the banter about how technology is going to sort of disintermediate, you know, the broker from the client and that like, who needs a broker when you can just click and buy something? Ironically, now, as it turns out, when you're, when you're going to a new market and, and things are urgent, you know, and, and it, you have to move quickly and there's a lot of frenetic behavior in the market, you actually need a human being who is in the community, who has relationships, who has market context, who has commodity context, has insight and 
depth and breadth of, of information. And so I think agency is all of a sudden incredibly more valuable than it may have been previous when things were a lot more commodified and there's just like kind of tech world and it's like, yeah, sell my house. I, so I think, you know, the best advice I would give Stephen is find an agent in your market who understands that the product that they sell is their insight and their, their trust and that they can guide you through that reality because they have the context and the overview of time to to answer that question with the specificity that that market knowledge really requires right like think about it you know because any of us we can sit here and sort of wax poetic about you know buy now buy later wait this is but it's it's real estate it's hyper local and so you know you, you have to even even that context about cash versus financing that those formulas i mean i i hawaii is probably you could parse it into 15 or 20 different markets right and every one of them is going to have a different ratio of of cash to finance and and where they where it really matters and you know what the absorption rate is and what's going on so i'd say you know get a really good agent who isn't you know obsessed with the transactional thinking and and wants to have a have a long time client relationship and offer their insight over many years and you know, pick their brain and let them let them guide you. So Matt, I have to agree with you. So tell me more. I always say, tell me more, you know, so, you know, what's going on in your life? You know, do you really need it? It's just like that, you know, you have a car, it drives, but you want a newer car. Um, do you wait for, for that or that bag or that anything in life? If we wait, then when we're going to, when we're going to enjoy it. So if you have the money and, you can have a good use for it, put it into use, absolutely do it now. I mean, uh, tomorrow we could have something happen to any one of us and we can't enjoy the things that we can enjoy today. So definitely live your life for sure. And uh, if you're doing it for investment, then, you know, then let's look at it. When do you want to exit? Is it one year? Is it 10 years? Um, you know, how's it going to sustain itself? Pay for itself, uh, just in case you're not using it. Uh, can it can it pay for itself? Make you money? Are you happy with that, or does it have to give you a return, a cap, uh, you know, return? Um, so a lot more. I ask a lot more questions to be able to see, you know, with what their situation, what what else are they trying to achieve other than buying? Uh, so, but live your life, right? I mean, um, <laughs> do you really need? Um, a Chanel bag? No, you do it because you love it because it makes you feel good. Yeah, you need that brand car. No, but it makes you feel good. So do it. That's awesome. And the yeah. takeaway of tell me more, that's something that we actually talk about a lot in our business is that asking questions. And when you ask a question, ask again, tell me more to try to elicit more of what is really underneath someone's motivation or their desire. And makes me think of our COO, Crystal, who all of you know very well. She is really preaching the tell me more lately, and it's so good in every area of your life, right? I'm going to close us out here, and just so many mahalos. Is that a way I can say that, Matt? Massive mahalos? (laughs) To everyone for joining us today, everyone who's on the line, and especially Paul and Frank and Matt. I just 
and love you all. And I can't wait till we can do these in person. Although Paul, you're right. It's so easy to just hop on a call and catch up and be able to do these pretty easily. That's been one great benefit of COVID more webinars and just the ease of communication. Okay. Well, with that said, I'm going to close this out. It's Friday afternoon. Everyone have a wonderful weekend and happy, happy halftime. We talked about the close of June being halftime of the year. We're now into the second half. Um, so have a great rest of your year. We have another block talk on August 2nd, by the way, um, with more of our agent advisory board. So we're anteing up with another crew and we'd love for you to sign up at blocktalknow.com to join us live there too or watch this on Spotify and iTunes.